Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to catch our new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. For more of The Issue and access to our top bets and fantasy updates, then subscribe to The Issue Miked Up. Link is on our website, which can be found in the bio of our Instagram, which is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. New subscription episodes come out every Friday. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Issue. You are now locked in and listening to The Issue. You look at this schedule. Find me the wins here. Find me the wins. You've got to be delusional if you think he's elite. Well, from what I'm seeing right now, he's a top 10 guy in this league, no doubt. Absolutely, I think they can be for a championship. I, I don't even think that's a, a debate I'm willing to, to have. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Thursday, January 20th. Another episode of The Issue. A big episode here. A lot of content to get to you guys uh, for missing out on that episode earlier uh, last week. Wi-Fi issues, technical issues. It was, what, Saturday, right right before we were about to give our predictions, too. And lo and behold, we were amazing on the predictions. You'll see it's our first hit of the week whenever we get to our hits and misses, but we were really good on our I predictions. I was perfect for the first week, 6-0. and oh. Right, right. And then I was I was close. I was close. Bill Belichick in the in the Patriots kind of let me down a little bit. Who would have thought? Bill seeing a young, not young, but not necessarily a veteran quarterback for the third time in a season. I figured, you know, he might have some tricks up his sleeve. I was wrong. I was wrong. It was a good prediction, but it did not pan out. Um, Overall, though, we did really well. It was a shame that the Wi-Fi wasn't up to par yeah but that's that's another thing go follow us on our social media and you won't miss out on anything we were posting tiktoks from all the content uh that was missed out uh from the show and then we also put up a a wave on instagram uh, you can go check out that clip and then we put all of our predictions up on twitter really and spreading even, spreading the wealth through all the social medias i'll tell you that right now yeah everything was uh everything was still out there we still gave our predictions we're not getting a facebook though sorry no we, we do have a facebook we have a facebook yeah and we're not using the it's facebook. in the link tree not using a facebook no it doesn't get posted on as much but it still does if you want to keep up with the show maybe start a facebook right, group right, get the fans right, going right um but other than that, uh, we have a pretty big episode today. We're going to start out with hits and misses like usual. Uh, that will lead to a rant from Tim. And then into the second segment, we will rank the playoff quarterbacks, how they are right now going into the divisional round. Yes, we got eight quarterbacks left. Yes. Um, and then we will get into our uh, ranking the teams in the third segment and finish it out with all the predictions for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs in 2000. And 22, but first we're going to start with the hits and misses. Well, I would like to say, I would like to preface this segment by saying it's it's difficult to do this segment, to prep for this segment, knowing that it's few and far between to find a miss, yeah. especially lately. Um, I don't mean to I don't mean to melt my own butter here, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> we did really, really well this past week in predicting and just, just some of the things we were talking about. Like, you'll see, but it, it was hard to find some miss. I just want to say that whatever you know 
call it arrogance. I like to think of myself as a Joe Burrow type. A lot of confidence. Right. And look, it's working out for him, so I'll, I'll give it a try. And we exude confidence on this show. Right, right. So, like I said, you were 6-0. You mentioned you were perfect. I got let down by the one game Bill Belichick. But then again, I wasn't, like, shocked Buffalo won. Like, I knew Buffalo's offense was capable of that. Yep. Did I think they were capable of seven, seven touchdown drives in a row and not punting? against Bill Belichick? Probably not, especially for the third time in a season, second time. And it was all like kind of close, right? It was at Buffalo, and there was a break, and it was at New England, and then I think there was a break or two, like maybe two games in between, and then it was another game against him. So yeah. in a pretty short amount of time, I figured, you know what, you can only play with fire so much till you get burned. I guess it was like that, but on Bill's side of things. Um, so yeah, I, I was wrong there, and that kind of segues into the miss. I just thought... Josh Allen's kind of erratic, and after throwing, right, he'll have three really good games, but then the fourth is, like, not that good, right? He, he went zero touchdowns, three picks against Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? The Jets were in that game for a while late in the season. Um, he had that bad game against Pittsburgh, right? So he had, he's got a couple bad games, but when he's on, he's on, and I figured, okay, he looked completely marginalized in, in the first game, spectacular in the second. I thought he'd get somewhere in the middle. We got the polar other end of terrible. We got the most well-rounded quarterback performance. I thought the first game against New England was the best quarterback performance of the year. That one might have topped it just because how much higher the stakes were. You're in the playoffs, right? That was impressive by Josh Allen. And I was wrong thinking that the Patriots would have answers for him. All right, another hit. Let's go to teams here. Uh, So our ranking, I I just wrote teams. You'll, You'll see what I mean. When we were ranking the top teams last week, well, what do you know? Of the... Bottom, so six teams are eliminated. Out of the bottom seven, six of them are gone now. So we got the first seven, our first seven ranked teams. All are still in it. And then Cincinnati we had at 10, but the person that they were playing was lower than them. So it was not like a shock that they're still there. Right. Right. The only only team we had ahead of them um, was Dallas and Arizona that, that lost. And those, those teams played much better opponents, I think, than Cincinnati did. Right, and all their opponents were ranked above them. Right, so it's clear to see that we, we do kind of know what we're talking about here when it comes to rankings. Like, there weren't—we we had Pittsburgh in the basement. That feels about right. We had Philadelphia next. Yeah, they got embarrassed. Vegas kept it close a little bit, but it wasn't all that competitive against Cincinnati. At times, it felt Cincinnati could pull away, although they didn't. Yeah. Um, New England got absolutely blown out. Arizona got blown out. Dallas looked non-ready for the moment. So we were pretty much right there by saying out of the bottom seven teams, six of them were eliminated, and the one that got through is Cincinnati, who played an inferior opponent. Yep. All right. I lost my paper already. All right, there we go. Um, misses. So with the Birds, um, two teams, uh, Arizona and Philadelphia. So we kind of missed on them with our initial predictions when it, when it came to the season. I think we had uh, Philadelphia at 4-13, and 13, and I think we had uh, Arizona at, what, Eight and nine or nine and eight. We had them as a very competitive fourth place team, but they were second place. Played their way, um, obviously, into. Or actually, they were third place in the division. Okay, so we weren't that off. But th- nonetheless, I didn't see them having what eleven wins and get into the playoffs. Right, mm-hmm. I did not see that coming. Um, and then being, them being the last undefeated team, like they had a really good season. I don't know if they overachieved because when you start off that hot and then you just you finish so poor, I don't know if that's overachieving. But they certainly exceeded my expectations. And so did the Eagles. Um, the Eagles definitely over, you know, they, they overachieved. 4-13, and 13, Jalen Hurts having his first full year as a starter, rookie head coach. They're aging. They don't have a lot of, like, wow talent. And what do you know? They got to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, they, they and, did uh, yeah. impress a little bit. I, I don't know where we had them in our rank area in our predictions. 
I think I'm pretty sure we had him at four and thirteen. Either that or three and fourteen. We had him in single digit wins. That's for sure. Well, actually, technically they did have single digit wins. We had him pretty low. Like we had him under five wins, I believe. Let me see this. I just want to check. You might as well fact check it. Right. I was just curious. Uh, Three and fourteen. Three and fourteen. Right. I mean, going into the season, could you blame us? Quarterback going in was a C minus. Quarterback rookie didn't seem prepared. C minus. Offensive line, injured and old, bad. And then what do you know? They all showed up and actually played pretty well. Yep. Um, another hit here. Let's go with the quarterbacks. Uh, again, similar to our to our top teams, when we ranked our top quarterbacks of the whoops bottom eight, six of them are still there. And then the two that are remaining, one is Ryan Tannehill. He hasn't played yet. And Jimmy Garoppolo, who the person he beat was, again, right below him. I had Dak at 10, Jimmy G at 9. So it's not like a shocker that Jimmy G is moving on. So it's there's a clear pattern here. You need a top six quarterback. I mean, look at the top six quarterbacks are going on. The only two guys outside the top six, Tannehill didn't even play yet. No. Played his way into a bye. Jimmy G played a worse opponent and has by far the strongest supporting cast of anyone in that bottom eighth. So that that, that makes sense to me. We're right with the quarterbacks. Like it or not, you can, you can argue the ordering, but the general, you know, who we have in the top half and who we have in the bottom half is pretty clear, and there you go. All right, how about... Um, Misses. Let's go with the Steelers. Um, I I thought they'd make it a little bit more competitive, right? I, we we know that Wild Card Weekend can tend to to be a more competitive weekend than general, uh, you know, than, than most other weeks, right? Even a team like the Steelers, who isn't first of all, offense is anemic, plays has been playing pretty poor in the last you know couple months. Not really that good of a team. I thought they would make it closer. TJ Watt gets a fumble and then Mahomes and, and scores, and then Mahomes proceeds to score on what six straight possessions. It's like I, I don't know what I expected from them. I expected it to not be. I, I didn't expect them to win, but I expected it to be closer than that. What about you? Yeah, um, I didn't think they were gonna get disrespected like that, um, and the defense is gonna give up 42 points. That was a shock. I, I think we definitely generated enough of a pass rush that we should have, you know, not given up 42 points. Um, but yeah, I, I, we don't thought, guys I mean, especially, end. well, like you said, with the wild card weekend, a lot of times you see those upsets and those underdogs come out and, you know, it, it, momentum plays a big factor in wild card weekend. Does it not? I At mean, minimum, you, you they're get, usually competitive and exciting. You rolling in off of their season where like they shouldn't be in the playoffs, but they, they are. They feel some sense of unity behind that. Right. They got momentum rolling like in. Washington, yep. Washington last year with Taylor Heineke gave Brady a run for his money. They right. end up Brady goes on to win the Super Bowl. They had no business being there. No, and they almost beat Brady. And if that would happen, obviously Brady doesn't win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. So that is it for our hits and misses. So to, that's kind of a perfect segue. We're talking about you know quarterbacks. Um, in that last hit, there was I was talking about quarterbacks. I said, look, you kind of need a top top half guy um i by the way side note if you follow the tiktok which you should go follow the tiktok i don't even know i think it's just the issue podcast i uh, the issue underscore podcast is it okay yeah the issue underscore podcast i put it up last night about 20 hours ago it says here about about three minutes so bear with me on it but i was talking about how receivers and weapons are probably the second most important thing i'm going to talk about the first most important thing here quarterback you, you you have to have a top somewhere around eight quarterback in the league to compete 
I mean, like I said, so we had the, the, the top 14 quarterbacks this past week. So we had Big Ben, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill, didn't play, by the way, because bye, Dak Prescott, Jimmy G, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray. Of those bottom eight, Kyler's gone, Derek Carr's gone, Dak's gone, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Big Ben are all gone. So looking at the two guys that remain, Ryan Tannehill, again, didn't play yet a bye. Jimmy G, the strongest supporting cast around him, right? I don't think anyone would argue that. He's got one of the best coaches, probably a top at least 10 coach in, in Kyle Shanahan, a top five run game, a pass rush that gets after it, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, a really good surrounding cast, right? The thing I noticed with everybody else, it's, a, it's exactly what what happens in the playoffs. I mean, all, all of them shrink. The only ones that don't shrink are maybe Big Ben. Yeah, call me crazy. I think, I think Big Ben's the only one that didn't shrink this past week. Look, they're, they're all fairly young, too. It's, it's Hurts. It's Kyler. It's Derek Carr making his debut. It's, it's Kyler Murray, I believe, in his debut, right? Well, Jalen Hurts is... He had one touchdown and two picks. He had a 60 QBR. That's not his average for the season. Go to go to all the games against playoff teams. Five games. He had a, a touchdown and a half per game, one pick per game, and a 95 QBR is what he averaged against playoff teams. He didn't live up to that at all. He didn't live up to that at all. 60 QBR. That, that's exactly what happens in the playoffs. If you don't have the right guy, then you shrink. Look at Joe Burrow. He could rightfully be on this list because he is also a young guy, like a Hurts, like a Kyler. Like a Mac Jones, like a Derek Carr, making his first start in the playoffs. But you know why he's not on this list? Because he rose to the occasion, because he's that guy, because you know he's that guy. All these guys on this list, outside of maybe Kyler, there's, there's, there's questions about, right? Ben obviously is old. There's no questions about his career. But right now there's questions about, is he a capable quarterback? Probably not. That's why he's retiring. People are having conversations about Jalen Hurts. People talk about, is Dak that guy? That's me who talks about Dak, by the way. But there's others. Is Dak really worth all that money, right? Is Kyler, can he stay healthy for a full season and actually carry this team? He's kind of gadgety. I don't know if it plays into the playoffs. There's questions about him. Mac Jones, is he limited? Probably. Derek Carr's had questions you know, about him since he came into the league. Let's, let's go to the next guy down. Dak had a touchdown, a pick, and a 69 QBR. And playoff Against playoff team this year, he had two touchdowns, one pick, 90 QBR in six games. That, that, that's average, right? not going to light the world on fire. Oh, what do you know? He shrank in the playoffs. He shrank in the playoffs. 69 QBR. Lost the game. How about Kyler? He averaged 1.3 touchdowns, one pick, and a 90 QBR during the season against playoff teams. Hey, what do you know? Pressure gets a little higher, goes on the road. No touchdowns, two picks, 41 QBR. Mac Jones went from a, you know, 89 QBR during the season to a 76. Derek Carr to a nine, from a 98 to a 69. But look at Big Ben. Two touchdowns, no picks, 93 QBR. His average for the season against playoff teams, 1.1 uh, touchdowns per game. Like 0.9 picks a game, roughly, against playoff teams. This is seven games. And a 79 QBR. Well, Big Ben kind of overachieved. That's exactly what the playoffs is. Exactly what the playoffs is. If you're young and inexperienced, it's <laughs> if you don't have the guy and he's young, if you have a young guy that's not you don't really know about, uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Kyler Murray, who I would still pay Kyler. I don't think that's a that's the question. I think the question is, can you win really, really big with Kyler? You're definitely going to be a playoff team almost every year with Kyler. But for the next couple of years, are we sure he can carry you right now? Because it doesn't look like it. Can Mac Jones? Probably not. He's a little limited. Jalen Hurts isn't really a great down-the-field thrower. Dak Prescott's a lot more similar to Kyler than we want to admit. 
right? There, he, he's talented and he think he's a good leader, but it's like, is he is he gonna lead the team to necessarily playoff like glory? Probably not. Probably not. Look at the guys in the top six of our rankings who are advancing. Right? Obviously, Rogers didn't play, but he's number one. Brady, experience. Mahomes, even though he's young, experience, and he's also the guy. He's dynamic. Josh Allen's dynamic and also has experience. Matt Stafford's been around the block. Jimmy G's been around the block. Tannehill's been around the block. Joe Burrow is absolutely electric, one of the most accurate throwers of the football. And his confidence, he plays like he's been in the league 20 years. I don't think it really matters for him that it was his first playoff game. And he was at home. He was at home. Look, this league is pretty simple. If you want to win, if you want to be in these top you know, blank teams, probably six to seven that really have a shot, you have to be special at quarterback. You have to be special in some way, whether it's experience, like a Brady, like a Stafford, like a Rodgers, or whether it's sheer talent, like a Josh Allen, like a Joe Burrow, like a Mahomes, well, probably like an Aaron Rodgers as well. You you have to. It's not an option. It's not. A, show me the elite quarterback outside of Justin Herbert, who is still so young. We're not sure if he's in this this elite top tier yet. Show me the elite quarterback that's sitting at home today. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson won one playoff game. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You have to have one of these top tier guys. If you don't, there is a more than better chance that you are going to be sitting at home for most of January. That's just the reality of it. That's just the reality of it. Coming up next, we'll rank our top eight NFL quarterbacks. Um, hopefully, hopefully we're right there, and I could do another segment like this uh, next week. Hey guys, Tim from the Issue. Came to talk to you guys about a great opportunity with Phoenix, especially for around the holidays. They've got a little bit of everything for everybody on your list. You just want to be healthy? They have green supplements. They have super reds. They have fish oil. Anything that you might need to stay healthy and happy during the holiday season. If you got a gym rat on your list, go get some pre-workout, some intra-workout. Go get some post-workout basic whey protein powder. And whenever you check out, make sure you use the code TJ2021. Your 2021 TJ2021 for 15% off of your purchase. Alright, second segment back on a, let's see, definitely chilly, but not much sunshine, a little bit poking through. Got almost what, I now that some of it's melted, we probably have about six to eight inches still on the ground. Got about easily. Got almost fifteen inches in the past. Mm, it wasn't in like two days earlier this week. Two, Sunday, three, two three days. Sunday into Monday, a little bit on Tuesday. Got about fifteen total inches. Snowed in a little bit up here. I'll tell you that. Yeah, um, stuff is still melting. That's for yeah. sure. Um, Pretty cold to, though. Had to dig the car out. Had, actually, had to help. Um, somebody pushed their car, and then I actually needed help with my car being pushed out just to get out of here on time. That's insane. Um, yeah, no, I, we, I, I pushed a car up a hill the other day with a couple of my buddies and roommates and stuff. Um, someone was trying to drive, like, a Toyota Corolla up a absolutely... That's smart. Um, icy, snowy hill with probably, like, almost a foot on it, and I'm like, yeah, yeah that, that's going to work out for it. Like, to put it in perspective, we were about to sled on the hill. <laughs> By the way, if you guys haven't... On sled riding while even if you're like 40 it's a good time you know Try take your out. kids out you know take your your nephews your nieces or if you're a college kid you know take 
your choice of a drink and go out and, and have some fun. Um, I have, I've seen some fun. good barstool videos of right. colleges around the country as well uh, with some of their sledding and snow day activities. Right, snowball fight. Just just get out and have some fun, you know what I mean? No, yeah. Live life with a little bit of fun, a little bit of zest, just kind of like we do on this show, right? We're ranking quarterbacks. Next segment, we're going to have the teams in this in the prior segment, in the first segment, I had a rant. We did hits and miss. I mean, it's all about fun here. We're going to have predictions later. I, what, and also, what more could you need? Starting up the TikTok has been has been fun in itself, so go follow that. I, I think the episode that we announced it, that, that we had created the TikTok on, is the one that didn't post because of technical difficulties. So Is we, that the one? Yeah, so we have a TikTok, so go follow it. I think that might have been the one. Yeah. yeah. Either, either way, I'm still getting used to the TikTok. So if you have any suggestions or whatever, you know, reach out. If you're like, hey, man, you kind of suck at, at doing some of the tech stuff, help me out, man. I'm not a tech whiz. I'm not a tech whiz. Clearly, I study way too many sports. You know, I, I look way too much into sports. It's kind of what I do. So I don't really have a lot of time to, to sit there and figure out the tech. But I do what I can. I think it's actually been pretty decent recently. I don't know. I, I'm slowly getting better. It'll come with time, too. If you scroll back through the Instagram when I like, first started posting waves and everything, I was like, wow, these were really bad. I was looking back through those um, about like a week or two ago. But everything gets better with time. Everything gets better with time. Um, and that's kind of what I ranted on with my quarterbacks. I'm like, you need to have experience. That's what I did last segment. So we're going to get to that here in a little bit. Let's go over a little bit of news, though. Um, why not? Let's just catch you guys up on uh, on the world of sports. We're probably going to get into some hockey here once football season's over, so we'll lead with that. Um, the Pens haven't been playing, you know, all that bad. Uh, they were down, I know, they were down 3 nothing in Vegas. I believe that was on Tuesday. Came all the way back to win five to three. They're playing good hockey right now, so they're twenty three ten and five. Like I said, they just beat the Knights. It wasn't, it wasn't an overtime; it was in regulation. But scored down three nothing after the first. Scored two in the second. Scored three in the third. Um, it's what you like to see from team. They're competing, right? They're an old, aging team, right? You got Crosby, Malkin, um, Latang's getting up there, and to see him put on a show like that. In Vegas, I mean, it was good. It was good to see the Pens are playing well. It was, um, you know, it, it is impressive to see those older guys play that well down the stretch of their careers. Um, I mean, Crosby definitely aging, definitely not where he was five, six years ago. But you know what, he's doing enough, and he's still enough of a leader on this team um, to push them. And, and goaltending this year, by the way, the Penguins lead the league in shutouts. If you haven't. No, Jari's been playing really well. My argument hasn't been Jari over the course of a season. It's always been like, hey, man, in the playoffs, you just give up the worst time goals in the world. And that, that's been like my only argument against him. So far, his glove hand seems to be a little bit fixed from last season and the season right. prior. I know the uh, Penguins did go ahead and get a new goaltending coach in the offseason. Uh, we did say that was a good move. Uh, when you have three goalies in a row with all the same weaknesses, uh, it, it might be a telltale sign that the coach is ready to be replaced. Right. The Penguins went out, they did it. So far, it seems the goalie problem has been resolved for the most part this year. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, kind of transitioning back to football, it's what we've talked about most here. Um, but Seattle has parted, away with, parted ways with defensive coordinator Ken Norton Jr. So he was kind of a friend of uh, Pete, Pete Carroll's. They go back. So it wasn't a surprise that he got the job. It, it you know, They definitely needed to get rid of him. Since he's gotten there, the defenses went from – Average to slightly above average to, you know, bottom five in the league. And they haven't gotten necessarily less talented, right? You got Jamal Adams, Carlos Dunlap's a good edge rusher or, de- you know, defensive lineman. Um, you drafted a couple young linebackers that are good, not great. You have you have Bobby Wagner still. They haven't necessarily gotten less talented, 
but statistically in every category that matters yards touchdowns you know total points they've gotten worse yeah. so i think it was an, a move that you needed to make plus if you want to keep russ you kind of got to make some big changes because i think that's what he wants right russ went 12 and 4 in 2020 and then had a chaotic offseason you know leaking teams that he would want to go to and imagine what he's going to do after what six and 11 seven and ten right there's seven and ten i mean he was he was pissed after 12 wins what about after seven wins and missing the playoffs yeah right he's going to be upset after the season you, you probably have to make some big ish moves if you want to keep ross and i think getting a, a maybe a young new defensive uh coordinator is, is a good step you should probably think about doing the same offensively for sure as well yeah um, also, the Raiders have parted ways with general manager Mike Mayock. The name might sound familiar, obviously, A, because he was the general manager of the Vegas Raiders. Um, but also, he's a, he was a big TV personality guy, right? He was big into the fantasy, and he was big you know, during draft week because of his knowledge of players and talent evaluation. I don't love firing him. I, look, he had some questionable first-round picks, but you know that Gruden had a big part of those. And with Gruden gone... Mayock still had some nice picks. Like Gruden had, it was this power split was fifty-one Gruden, forty-nine Mayock. So Gruden gets probably the better say of these first-round picks, and those have been the whiffs. But I don't think Gruden's sitting there drafting guys in the fourth and fifth round. Well, where has wherever the Raiders excelled? Wherever the Raiders gotten all their good players? Hunter Renfro, late rounds. Max Crosby, late rounds. Derek Carr was a second-round pick, although not drafted by Mike Mayock. But it's just traditionally the Raiders are pretty good in the late rounds, and Mayock's been nailing the late-round picks. And I, they were kind of on the come up, but I guess you do have to make a change when you whiff on that many first-round picks. I mean, you drafted Alex Leatherwood in the first round. He was a borderline third-round pick, a borderline third-round pick. So it, it's not a great look um, for Mayock when that happens, but I, I do get I do get firing him. I don't know. Yeah. Time I mean, for a change there. Turnover. If they're turning over the entire staff as it is, I mean, right, might clean, as well. Might as well clean the house. Yeah, right. just, you know, if you're – it, cleaning the kitchen might as well clean the dining room up, dust the dust the right. attic per se a little bit. What do you think of? Um, oh my god, I just saw it. Oh right, what do you think of uh, the Raiders keeping Rich Basacci as a head coach? Do you think that they should? Or we were just watching some stuff on that. Yeah, I, I, I would keep him. I would keep him. Um, I don't know. What do you think? It's been a turbulent past five years with Gruden, so why not? You finally have a guy that for. And the only sample time he was given looked really good and stabilized a franchise that hasn't been stable in four to five years. I mean, I think you could almost, I think it'd be more beneficial, like you were talking about before we got on the show here, to use him as more of a bridge piece as a, of a coach almost, right? So, like, go get somebody that you want as your head coach and almost give him a season or two to have this like pieces and assistant right. like an assistant to the head coach that's gonna i mean the players like him it's gonna be able to better gel the locker room bring in the new guy implement a system and kind of ease into things instead of totally flipping the script because you can see what that can do to a team if you make the wrong hire i.e the jets right the right? jets the giants <laughs> look at all the teams that have been consistently in the bottom the jets the giants the, right the and, Jags, and you don't right? want to get through a place to a place where you're ripping through head coaches we just talked about that what one or two weeks ago so, right. bring in a guy, you know, keep him around, give him an assistant, and let the let the transition to power be smooth, 
and let it work out because if you're gonna be investing this much money, this much time, this much energy into a head coach, make sure you get it right. Right, so yeah, that, I, I, I'm kind of with you. So I threw out the idea when we were talking earlier. I said, if Harbaugh would want the job, now this would never work, but it so could. It so could. And it's a hypothetical, but I'll throw it out there because, I mean, at this point, nobody actually knows who they're gonna hire. So they, no matter who you're listening to about this, it's all gonna be speculation anyway. Harbaugh takes the job, wants power, but also does he want to do all the nitty-gritty little details like the locker room stuff? I think he he will because he's definitely a good leader of men, but also it's like who's the guy that's going to be there because he's probably going to have some power when it comes to drafting and scouting, so he's going to be a busy guy. Rich, you you can't let Rich Passaccia just go let him go back to just being a, a special teams coordinator. It just won't work. If he is... You have to still give them some power and some say in that locker room, or else you're you're yourself, you know, as John Harbaugh, you are going to lose the locker room as well. Or Jim Harbaugh, I'm sorry, the uh, Michigan head coach, who is probably going to interview for some NFL jobs, right? Let Rich Basaccia still be that voice of reason, right? The players love him. Derek Carr, Max Crosby, love him. But if Harbaugh's going to come in there and turn it around, he's going to have to make some big changes. Who can kind of ease the blow of those changes? Rich Basaccia. If you let him go back to just being the special teams coordinator and he has to give up all that power and isn't as much of an influence in the locker room, I think you could lose some of your leaders, right? You'd lose your offensive leader in Derek Carr. You'd probably lose your offensive leader, not leaving the team, but they'd be upset with the decision. Um, Max Crosby loves Rich Basaccia. The players like him. I, th- I think he still needs to have power in that locker room. Yeah. I don't know what you do. Um, at with least head at coaching, some level. But he has to have some power more than just a coordinator right he has to have some you know even if he's assistant head coach yeah i've seen it done before where a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator i guess probably not normally a special teams coordinator but is you know an assistant head coach that really kind of hammers the point home and is good for the locker room good for the players you need guys like that yeah um not everything comes down to x's and o's all right i think that's about it without further ado let's get into our top eight NFL quarterbacks. We're going into the divisional round. We have eight teams left. There's four games. We have eight quarterbacks. Let's go. Here we go. All right, number eight, Ryan Tannehill. Um, I don't think this is like a huge surprise. I think he's the most limited quarterback. He relies on a run game, which that's not a bad thing. Um, because I, I think every quarterback at some point relies on a running game, and all quarterbacks are better with one. Um, every now and then, I think he relies too much on one. You see, like, Mahomes doesn't necessarily need a running game all the time. He won a Super Bowl without one. Um, but Tannehill does. But when he gets it, and he normally does, he makes good NFL, solid big boy NFL throws, right? He's a lot like Kirk Cousins. It's like, yeah, Cousins isn't the most flashy. He might not rise to the occasion. But when you need Kirk Cousins and he has a run game and you can get him on play action, he's going to make a good, solid NFL accurate foot uh, throw, right? I think Tannehill's a lot of the same if you get him a run game which derrick henry's coming back so you will have him a run game you have a pass rush he'll you know he doesn't have to put up 40 points he's a decent quarterback um but he's definitely less talented than all the other guys in this list yeah all right number seven jimmy g because i think he's a slightly better version of Tannehill. I, I think he still needs a run game but he has a little bit more big game experience right getting to a super bowl and being under tom brady and under bill belichick and josh mcdaniel but he's seen He's been kind of through it, even though he hasn't played through a lot outside of the one Super Bowl run. He's still been there for a lot. He has the experience, and I think he makes more big-time throws, right? 88 yards, uh, you know, a minute left, 
season on the line in LA week 18 you need a touchdown 88 yards he does it right so th- yeah. those are the kind of things that Jimmy D does to elevate him above a guy like Ryan Tannehill but at the end of the day he's not the arm talent of a Stafford a Burrow you know and Josh Allen so he falls at seven here number six let's go with Matt Stafford um He's a little bit inconsistent. Throws too many picks for my liking. But with Sean McVay's genius and Cooper Cup and OBJ, he's got weapons to throw to. And at the end of the day, if you give Matt Stafford decent wide receivers, he's going to make good throws. He's going to make big plays. He's got a big arm. They play indoors, um, although they will be going to Tampa. So it's a little bit of an issue. Uh, but I don't think it's it's going to matter. Tampa Bay is a nice place to play. Now, if they go to Lambeau, if they win this game, they have to go to Lambeau, assuming the Packers win. That would be an issue. But I, I, I do like Stafford. I think he's got the arm, he's got the experience, but he's a little too inconsistent for me to put him higher on this list. I agree. We've seen him be a little shaky in the past couple of weeks. Right, throws a couple too many picks, right? I mean, you guys remember that Tennessee game where he whirls around and just chucks yeah, one, little, it's like right at it's little, right at a Tennessee uh-huh. guy, and you're like, ah, that's so bad. Very similar to what happened to Kyler. Right, very, very similar play. It's like, I don't love that. So that's why he's six. Um, Joe Burrow is uh, five here. I think he also throws too many picks to put higher, but at the end of the day, that man is dynamic. And I will say, I think he's doing more with less, right? He's... By far, probably have the weakest roster in the playoffs. Yeah, weapons are obviously great, but overall roster and culture, I think he's overcome more. He went into a losing franchise and made it during the divisional round of the playoffs. They're in the final eight teams. They're a top eight team in the in the National Football League this year. I mean, Joe Burrow deserves a lot of credit for that. He pushes the ball downfield. He should be in the MVP conversation. He's top three to five in pretty much every category. Pass rating, completion percentage. Um, he actually leads the completion percentage. Touchdowns. I, I mean, he's really, really good. Um, number four, let's go with Tom Brady. This is probably because I think he's going to be kind of doing a lot on his own here this coming week. This is almost like a looking ahead kind of pick here. Um, I worry with his right tackle, Tristan Wirfs hurt, and his center hurt. They're both questionable. If they play, they won't be 100%. If they don't play, obviously you're playing backups, and that's against the Rams. So I worry a little bit how you know how good he's going to be on the outside. His weapons are banged up. And we see when Tom gets pressure up the middle, that that's kind of the, that, that's the bill against Tom. You have to get pressure up the middle without blitzing, which is hard to do. But good news, the Rams have Aaron Donald and they do it. So I think Brady... Um, at four is a reasonable thing to say. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a big hurdle for him to get past if they want to try again for a back-to-back. Right. Um, let's go with Josh Allen at three. I think Josh Allen turned in one of the most spectacular quarterback performances I've seen in the playoffs against Belichick. Don't punt. No field goal, no punt. I mean, that's so impressive. Or did they get a field goal? They might have a field goal. But either way, didn't punt. The only time that they didn't score on a drive was when they were kneeling it down, right? Uh, I... He does things that you just can't explain. He's 6'6", 250, runs around, can cut, can move. I saw him break a DB's ankles. It's like, bro, you're you're 6'6". How are you doing this? Um, He can throw it 60 yards down the field on a line, accurate. You got Stephon Diggs. You got a lot of weapons. Josh Allen at three. He's literally a semi-truck that that maneuvers like a sports car. It's... I it's mean, it's almost I, unexplainable. No, you're not. You're not wrong. But he has a cannon to go along with it too. Yeah. I mean, I, he drops back from the his own twenty and can throw it to the other end zone. It, it's actually insane to watch. <laughs> I agree. All right, Patrick Mahomes at two. I think right now he's like Josh Allen, but a little bit more refined. 
I think he's more consistent. Like I said at the beginning of the show, Josh Allen kind of has, out of like four games, he'll have two really good ones, one average one, and one that's just like not good at all. Mm-hmm. I pointed out the Atlanta where you went no touchdowns, three picks at home against Atlanta. Like that just shouldn't happen. Right. Um, but then again, he'll put up games like he did against Belichick. So I think Mahomes, back to Mahomes, is a better version of that. I think he does move around. He, he is really athletic and he's big. Um, he can make all the throws on the field. He can roll left, throw right, roll right, throw left. He can do anything you need him to do. But he is a little bit less erratic than Josh Allen right now. He's got the experience as well because this is, a, after all, a playoff ranking of the quarterbacks. And the experience matters. I proved that in my rant. I would say he's historically more consistent. Right. Right, I agree. Um, all right, number one, let's go with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know, he didn't play. How am I supposed to move him out of the one spot? He's probably going to be the MVP, although I would vote either Burrow or Brady. But, I mean, I don't necessarily have an argument against Aaron Rodgers. I don't I, I don't know how you could. He's like 40 touchdowns, five picks or something like that. I mean, it's really good. It's really, really good. He's like second in passer rating, and he has the experience, and he has home field advantage, and he's rested. Of course he's number one. He was number one before he had a bye. He's obviously going to be number one outside of the bye. So that's our top eight. To recap, we got Tannehill at eight, Jimmy G at seven, Matt Stafford at six, Joe Burrow at five, Tom Brady at four, Josh Allen slightly ahead at three, Patrick Mahomes at two, and finally Aaron Rodgers at one. Hey guys, it's Luke here from The Issue. Doing the podcast, we want equipment that works just as hard as we do. That's why we chose Rockville Audio when we thought to build the studio. We got our microphones, boomsticks, a mixer, headphones, audio cables, everything from rockvilleaudio.com. They have way more than that. They have stuff for your car, for boats, lighting, audio, everything you could possibly need. Find it at rockville.com. They are awesome. Go check it out. That is rockville.com. Hey, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. It is the third segment here on a Thursday, January 20th. Um, We got some good rankings of the remaining eight playoff teams coming up now and then we also have our predictions for the divisional round of the playoffs we are uh, to finish off this episode we're split on three split on three of what four yeah three of four we agree on um on tampa and the rams which is weird because that that might be the closest game of the week maybe the closest game of the week and we're split on that one (laughs) um but we'll get to that obviously don't want to give too much away i think Obviously, start with our uh, our predictions going into the week, right? To finish out Wild Card Weekend, I guess, and kind of complete the transition into the divisional round, and then obviously we'll get into the divisional round with the predictions. Yeah. So let's get into our top eight NFL teams, starting at number eight. Here we go. Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati. Um, right now, I think they have the weakest roster. I still think they are rebuilding on defense. They're kind of a liability, especially when you're going against Derrick Henry. And let's, let's face it, Tennessee has weapons on the outside as well. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Um, I like their tight end group. I couldn't name one, but it seems like every time I watch them, the tight ends are making an impact at yeah. least. Um, and like I said, getting Derrick Henry back, and they can run the football without him. So I worry a little bit with Cincinnati in this matchup. And, and their offensive line still isn't good. And, t- and Tennessee does get a pass rush. So I think Cincinnati at 8 feels right, although I think it is going to be a close game. But right now, overall roster, I'm not talking about quarterback, overall roster – 
they're probably the weakest in the playoffs. Yeah. So we'll go with them at eight. Number seven, Tennessee. I think Tennessee is slightly better, and you're going to see that this weekend, in my opinion. I guess I will get to that. I think Tennessee right now is a better football. First of all, I trust their coach more right now. I do like Burrow, but in big spots, who do I trust more? That's a toss-up, but I don't think Tannehill is necessarily going to lose you the football game either. I think they run the football more effectively. Although they don't have the weapons on the outside, they still get good production, good enough production, that's for sure. And they do get a pass rush, and they have a more refined secondary. Um, when it comes to that, Kevin Byard's a really good safety, yeah. and he leads that defense, as opposed to Cincinnati, who I'm not really sure is leading their defense per se. So we'll go to Tennessee slightly above them at seven. Number six, let's go with San Fran, although this is my favorite team in the playoffs. Um, when it comes to like kind of a dark horse candidate, it's pretty easy to sit, sit up here you know, on my pedestal and pick the Packers or the Chiefs to win it all, but that's no fun. Right, if it was the if it was the consensus number one that won every year, then this league would be no fun. But this league is a lot of fun because random people win. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, people. Nick Foles, the Steelers, when Jerome Bettis was about to about to retire, his last run, they were a wild card team. They won the Super Bowl, right? So you don't have to be the most pretty team. I don't think San Francisco is, but I think they do the things well that translate to winning. They run the ball. They control the clock. They control the both lines of scrimmage. They get a pass rush. Um, they can move bodies. They pass protect well. And when upright, Jimmy G makes a lot of good throws. Um, like I said, there's one or two throws you know, per week. Usually that's like, eh, not great. But in the fourth quarter, he's been a really good quarterback. San Francisco at six. Let's go with Tampa at five. They're so banged up. Yeah. They're so banged up. Their defensive secondary is hobbled. Their offensive line is... They, it, their two best offensive linemen are still questionable for this week. Tristan Wirfs and, and Ryan Jensen, I believe is his name. I know it's Jensen, but I think Ryan um, is their center. He's hurt as well. Both of them are game-time decisions, and neither of them look like, even if they do play, they're going to be anywhere close to 100%. Um, I and, and I worry about that with the Rams having the pass rush that they do. Is Brady because Brady gets uncomfortable with the pass rush? Tennessee um, in his last year in New England, right? A lot of his weapons were hurt. Oh, what do you know? A lot of his weapons are hurt now. His offensive line didn't play well. They got a pass rush and made Brady uncomfortable. What do you know? Brady's probably going to be uncomfortable this week. So I think it's kind of the bill on Tom and how to beat him. It's just a tough matchup this week, and they're just too injured right now. We'll go with uh, Tampa at five. The Rams slightly ahead of them because I think the Rams are a slightly better team right now. They definitely are a healthier team, that's for sure. They're getting healthy at the right time. You get Cam Akers back. Their offensive line's healthy. Their defense, all the big pieces that they need, both their top corners are healthy. Both their top pass rushes are healthy. Um, although Robert Woods isn't healthy, they get OBJ, and he's been really good, and he's healthy. Cooper Cup's healthy. Their tight end's playing really well. They have two good backs, and Matt Stafford's playing really good football. They check every box. We played that game, and if you want to you know, watch us, I guess, play the box check game again, or listen to it, go on our Instagram. You post it. You put in a lot of work there. But they check every box, basically. Um, okay, let's go with Buffalo slightly ahead of them because I think Buffalo also checks a lot of boxes, and they check a box that we didn't necessarily account for when we played that game, but that is the, this play's perfectly defended, but we just have an absolute freaking nature at quarterback check. You know what I mean? Like right. You can completely defend Josh Allen in the most perfect way. You can have the best game plan. But at the end of the day, when you have Stephon Diggs, who's a world-class talent, and you have Josh Allen, who is a freak of nature like no one's ever seen at the quarterback position. There's just some things that you can't account for when it comes to defending him, right? Bill Belichick had no answers. No answers. That offense is 
very dynamic, and they have an aggressive defense that's going to get after you. I mean, you cover up every single weapon of Josh Allen's, and you have him completely hemmed in. And what's he going to do? Well, he's going to turn it on its ear, and his six-six frame is going to run over your middle linebacker, right. and he's going to break it for 23 yards in a first. Right. Um, he's the cheat code to the NFL right now, and nobody seems to be able to uh, figure him out all that often. Right. There was like a saying, I think Greg Cosell, he often talks about, he's like, when Josh Allen's on, he's the best player in the league. Right, if you're looking at a body of work, yeah, maybe not because he, like I said, I've, I think I've talked about it like two or three times now on this on this episode alone. A little inconsistent at times, but when he is on, he is. He is. There's nobody better. No, no, he lights um, it on fire. Let's go with let's go with the Chiefs at two. I think right now they're a more consistent and more experienced team when it comes to the playoffs. Right, like for example, I'll give it away. You like Buffalo this weekend. Mm-hmm. I I think they're a little too inexperienced. But there's, I'm not like, I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo wins. I wouldn't be like floored. Yeah. But I think it's a safe bet, especially in like a power ranking format, to put the Chiefs ahead. They have the experience, right? They probably have a better head coach right now with Andy Reid. Yeah. Um, And you could make the argument that they have a more complete roster. Like, I like like that Buffalo has some good depth. But if you're naming the top 10 guys in this game, I think the majority of them are going to be Kansas City Chiefs. I think six to seven of them are going to be Chiefs. Um, like you'll have Allen, Diggs, and maybe like a Micah Hyde or somebody like that from from the Bills. But the Chiefs would have like seven of the guys. So I think the Chiefs are slightly ahead right now. I'll put them at two. And number one, the Green Bay Packers. First of all, they were at number one last week, and then they didn't play. So it's really hard for me to be like, oh, yeah, let's move them out. And I don't think any of the other teams showed enough to dethrone them without them dethroning themselves, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you do have a coach of the year type coach in Matt LaFleur. You have an MVP candidate in Aaron Rodgers. You have two good backs. You have a good offensive line. You get uh, an all-pro left tackle back in David Bakhtiari. You get an all-pro DB in Jair Alexander back. You're getting healthy at the right time. Your defense is good enough, especially when it comes to pass rush and uh, and secondary. I'm the Packers the, the best team right now, and uh, Aaron Rodgers has a lot to do with it. So we will go Cincinnati, Tennessee, San Francisco at 6, L.A. at 5. To get into the top four here, we have oh, – I'm sorry, Tampa Bay at 5. To get into the top four, we have L.A. at 4, Buffalo at 3, the Chiefs at 2, and the Packers at 1 to finish off our top eight remaining playoff teams going into the divisional round. It's getting real now. It's, I mean, you're getting down to teams where it's like, it's so hard to make this list because you're nitpicking at this point. Yeah. Like it's like you, maybe Cincinnati and Tennessee. Like the the bottom three are kind of you know easier to see. But then once you get to Tampa up, so like five and up, it's like you could you can convince me the Chiefs are five and Tampa's two. I mean, you could convince me Buffalo's one and Green Bay's five. I could I could hear any argument on how you want to order these final five teams. I mean, it's because you look at these teams and you're like, well, they've all had the big wins. They've all had kind of the inconsistency. They've all had that one team this year that was a mediocre middle of the road team that beat them or tied them or or you know put up a fight or they didn't beat them by any more than two points when they should have won by fourteen touchdowns. You know, it, it's actually like really really hard you don't know it until you try to make a list like that when you're going through and i think what we have um is accurate and i think it's consistent you can see our week from or our list from last week uh you know five or four of the bottom five teams that we had were eliminated the only one that wasn't was the Bengals, and we had them ranked above the opponent they were playing right. so they moved on and right. then right so- after that the next two teams they were both eliminated so list making rankings wise 
I'm not doing too bad. You know what we're talking bad. about. Um, the, the, I mean, the crazy thing is you're looking at this list. It's like, well, Cincinnati plays Tennessee, so that's eight versus seven. Yeah. And then the Chiefs play the Bills, so that's two versus three. That means a top – two of the top five teams are going to be gone. Uh-huh. Because Tampa's at five. They play the Rams who are at four. And then Buffalo's at three. They play the Chiefs who are at two. It's going to be – so Two very, of those top um, five teams are going to be gone. It, it, it's absolutely insane. I almost can't wait for next week. Um, so – Another thing that we've been very good at that I have been uh, better at this year is yeah. our predictions. So let's get I in. I haven't and even do been that, that bad. You've just been better. Yeah, that's uh, what it is. Kudos to you. So why don't you kick it off here? You like Cincinnati over Tennessee? Why? Oh, this is an unpopular pick, but you know, I honestly think the amount of momentum and confidence that is in that Cincinnati Bengals locker room right now is undeniable. I don't think that you can see the things that are coming out uh, from Joe Burrow, from the playmakers on the team, from Jamar Chase, from Tyler Boyd. This team is excited. They are they are banging on all cylinders right now. They have the momentum on their side. They have all the all the confidence from all these wins they've been racking up, right? They, they were supposed to be this bad roster that was going to fizzle out, right? Joe Burrow doesn't have anybody. You know, there's there's no offensive line. Well, somehow they look up and they're in the divisional round of the playoffs. Yeah. So I think they have enough there to go off of. And to be completely honest, I'm not that sold on Tennessee as a number one. I really am not. Oh, I, I don't him. like Tannehill like that much i do think he's a good quarterback i think he's a consistent quarterback and he's fine but if we were doing the quarterback tiers he wouldn't be in my one he wouldn't be in my game changers i don't even think he'd be in my number two what is that the ballers the ballers i think he'd be in the above average joes if i was to put him in a tier right now um at the end of the day i like burrow i think mvp conversations about burrow are totally valid and i think if you are having mvp talks about somebody i think that's enough to say hey I think they can go out and win me a playoff game. Right. And win you too, technically, because we won last week. I think the, I think my issue here, um, I guess not really an issue, it's Tennessee. I, I think Tennessee's, I I agree that they're probably not the best one seed we've seen, in, in, at least in recent memory, but um, I, they're battle-tested. They beat the Rams. They beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. Like, they've, they've beat a lot of these top teams. A lot of them. Um, so they're battle tests. They've been there, and they get the soul of their team back. So it's like they weathered the storm. I think there's a psychological aspect to it where it's like you, they weathered the storm and still played a really good football and saw how well they could play without them, and then you get them back where it's like, oh, all right, here we go. Like this is this is legit now. We actually have a chance. If we were that good without them, we have a chance to turn it on here. I think they start with that. And Mike Rabel's a really good motivator. Um, he's always been like a tough guy, right? Yeah. He's a big motivator. He's going to have them up for this game if they even need it. I mean, it's a playoff game at home. Yeah. They should already be energized. I think part, part of it being at home, um, the other part being the experience and the fact that they, they're battle-tested, I think more so than Cincinnati. So we'll go Tennessee over Cincinnati. Personally, you like Cincinnati. Um, all right, another one we're split on here. You like Green Bay. I like San Francisco. I'll start this time. I, I like San Fran. First of all, I called them to go to the Super Bowl. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to then say that they're going to lose in the divisional round. Because What kind of prediction would that be? I, that, that would make no sense. I mean, if you're awake, you understand that, that that's dumb. Um, no, I think San Francisco runs the football, and my issue is that Green Bay can't stop the run. Their run defense is really bad, which means Aaron Rodgers very well could watch about 30 to 35 minutes of this football game. 
well, I guess 30 would be exactly halfway. He could end up watching about 35 to 40 minutes of this football game. Yeah. I don't think Green Bay is going to possess the football. I think San Fran will, and I think that's the only way San Fran can win. Um, look, people said this about, about San Fran going into Green Bay, um, you know, the, the other year, and, and they won. So it's like San Fran's a really good football team. Um, they run the football. They have a good defense. It's definitely going to be an upset, right? Green Bay should be favored. They should theoretically they should win by a touchdown, but I'm calling the upset. I think San Fran's going to control the football, run the clock out. Um, you know, probably put up close to 200 yards on the ground, and it's really hard to win when you give up 200 yards on the ground. So I'm going to go San Francisco. Why do you like Green Bay? Is it just because of Rodgers? It's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's Devontae Adams. It's Matt Lafleur. It's Everything that goes on in Green Bay, it's the fact that they have to play a game at Lambeau Field, um, and I don't think the San Francisco 49ers, the boys from from the uh, the state of California, are traveling up and playing in. Let's just face it, Arctic temperatures. Yeah, it's gonna be really cold in Lambeau Field. Um, you know, I've seen the TikToks of George Kittle and his Canadian accent, but I don't think he's from Canada. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Packers easily. Okay. Um, Here's one we can agree on. We both like the Rams going to Tampa Bay and beating Brady. How about that? I guess I think that that is also an upset. I believe Tampa's favored by two and a half. Is that what the line is? First of all, I think every single home team is favored this weekend. Tennessee favored by three and a half. Green Bay five and a half. Tampa Bay Two and a half, and Kansas City one and a half. So yeah, um, we both like LA to go in and win. First of all, I think they're the healthier team. I think they're the team that can run the football more effectively. And if you're a team with right now with more weapons on the outside, right, I th- I'd probably go to a better coach football team as well. I, I think they're a better coach football team. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Rams. I and plus the strength is their, you know, first of all, the two strengths of their team. Right, you look at front four. And the wide receiver group. What are the two weaknesses of the Bucks? The offensive line, right now because it's hurt, and the secondary. So it, it lines up perfectly for L.A. to go in and win this football and OBJ game. OBJ has been playing out of his mind recently. <laughs> really good football. Um, really good football. He uh, He's finally gelling. You know, everybody that jumped on that whole bandwagon that, you know, OBJ, and he's, he's, I told you it wasn't going to work out for L.A., Uh can we relax for a second? We saw him for two weeks, guys, okay? Uh, it, it takes a little bit longer than that to learn an NFL playbook, uh, to, to learn your new teammates, to learn your new coaches, to learn your new coordinators, everything. Your new quarterback, the guy throwing you the football. Right. right. So you have a lot of things on your plate. Look, they're in the playoffs now, and judging off that wild card game, OBJ is wildly comfortable in his new spot in L.A. So I think he's going to be... A huge factor, especially against a injured and you know kind of banged up secondary for Tampa Bay. I think right. it's going to be an absolute slaughtering. Who I don't know about slaughtering, but I'll take the Rams as well. Um, okay, let's go with the final one that we are split on the cap of the divisional round. Buffalo goes to KC. I like Kansas City. Mm. I said before, I think they're just a more experienced version of Buffalo right now. I think both defenses are aggressive. They're going to try to get the ball. They're going to. Try to make turnovers and blitz. They're going to get to the quarterback. Both defenses do that. They both blitz a really high percentage. And KC, especially with Tyron Matthew being the lead, that's an aggressive defense. So both defenses are very similar. They're both big play offenses. But I think right now KC has more weapons than than Buffalo does. And I think Mahomes is a more refined quarterback than Josh Allen is. Could this change in a year? Probably. But 
And also, I wouldn't be shocked if Buffalo goes in and wins. But I think KC's a more experienced football team. They've been here. They've done that. They're at home. I'm going to go Kansas City. Yeah, I like Buffalo. Uh, it's kind of, you know, Josh Allen, if he can keep that rolling, I don't think we'll have any trouble beating Patrick Mahomes. I think it'll be a shootout. Don't get me wrong. I don't think Patrick's rolling over for anything. Patrick Mahomes has never rolled over in the playoffs. No. Um, it's definitely, you know, not the favorite bet of the week. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take it. Something feels right about it. I think if there's anybody that's going to be able to beat Kansas City before the Super Bowl, it's going to be this Buffalo team out of the out of the AFC. That's the only AFC team that I could see really, really giving Kansas City a run for the money because they have a young quarterback. They have the things that can compete with a Kansas City team that not really any of the other ones do have. You know, I, right. I know Joe Burrow is a young quarterback, but they don't have the roster to go compete with Kansas City right now. Right. I mean, they beat them, but I, do you, do you think that happens in a divisional round playoff game? Probably not. Um, so I think if there's anybody that's going to beat Kansas City, it is Buffalo. I like Buffalo this week. All right, I don't know. I don't know. I like I like Tennessee over Cincinnati. I like San Fran over Green Bay. We both like the Rams over Tampa, and I like Kansas City over Buffalo. You are split on three of those. You like Cincinnati rather than Tennessee. You're taking Green Bay over San, San Fran and Buffalo to go on the road and beat Kansas City. I don't know. We're going to see. I, I, I love my picks. I'm riding with San Fran. That's the one I probably feel least comfortable about. I'm riding with them. Uh, but Tennessee and Casey, I feel good about the home teams. I'm rolling with them. No, it's going to be a great weekend of football. So make sure you guys are, you know, tuning in, watching, relax, enjoy uh, the NFL playoffs. It is truly one of the best times to watch sports, um, you know, all year long. It's incredibly entertaining. I love the NFL playoffs. So have a relaxing weekend. Also, go out, subscribe to the issue mic'd up. Episode drops tomorrow, yep. per usual, most Fridays. I would say at least three Fridays a month. Um, go out. We're gonna we're gonna go over prop bets and because there's only four games, right? So it's kind of hard to give you like a good amount of bets that you have an option to choose from if we're talking straight lines and oh, stuff like that. It's gonna be a great episode. But we'll get into some some uh, some prop bets. We got some big fights this weekend too in the UFC that we might be talking about. I, you'll just have to come and find out what and, I think. And we might even we might even toss in a couple uh, a couple extra little bloopers there and get, get a laugh. You know, a couple times where we might have messed up here on the issue podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so subscribe. Go pay through. Uh, the three ninety nine a month. Uh, invest in your bets. It really is an investment. Um, we really appreciate you guys stopping by. We know there's a lot to listen to. It's really busy, especially for any of the college students that are listening. We understand it's busy, but we appreciate you guys listening. And that was the issue.